Hi, this is Cody Daigle-Oriens, and welcome to Bearded Fruit Unedited. This week, we welcomed back our friend and sociology professor, Patrick McGrady, for a discussion about bear culture. And there was a lot we didn't include in the regular episode. There were a few personal stories, a discussion about misogyny and race in the LGBT community at large, and some general goofiness that we had to leave out in editing. So dig into this week's unedited, and as always, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, or find us on the web at www.beardedfruit.com. Enjoy! Okay. Uh, are, yeah. we, how are you recording? I press the button. To don't make that noise not near the thing. Don't eat those. Stop it. They are really good. Yeah, I can't stop eating them. Okay, ready? <laughs> like a six dollar candy bar. Daddy glare. <laughs> <laughs> what was that laugh? <laughs> There are sometimes that the fourteen year age difference becomes painfully apparent, <coughs> and that is right now. Um, you ain't got fourteen years on me. Wait, let me do my Patrick McGrady impression. <laughs> okay, are we ready to do this? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, are we recording? Yeah, we're we've been recording. <laughs> Get it together, girls. <laughs> it's him now, and it's on me. It's him. I know. Let's go. And don't do that. I know. Oh okay. my god, I'm not a child. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't started yet, so I did it. All right. Hi, this is Cody Daigle-Oriens. And this is Neil Daigle-Oriens. And welcome to another episode of Bearded, Bearded Fruit. Fruit. Yeah, I, I together. Tried, I tried. I, yeah. Mm, you want to try again? No. Okay. Bearded Fruit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are so happy this week to have back the fabulous patrick mcgrady this is totally a different recording session <laughs> hi patrick hi, i love this so much last time i came all the way back to willie i know you're wearing an entirely different outfit totally. as are we i am that's a different shade of plaid it's a different <laughs> different shade <laughs> a 50 shades shade of, of plaid exactly. <laughs> yeah so um for those of you who maybe if you missed the first episode with patrick patrick would you tell everybody a little bit about you and what you do uh, yeah, I'm a uh, sociology professor at the fabulous University of New Haven, uh, um, and I do research on gender, sexuality, the body, and completely unrelated a little bit on education. Excellent. What's your dog's name? Piper. She's oh, we the greatest. Love, we love Piper. She's orange. Oh. If you follow my Instagram, it's basically her. Go ahead. Go ahead. Share your Instagram. It's at S-O-C-C-U-B. Yeah, yeah. Um, we follow fo- him. It's a lot of fun. Follow him, like him, at him. I love when you all post fi- pictures of me because I always get like more followers because you all have like. Tons. You're welcome. And yeah, I because. Like, well, that's because whenever I start Instagram, I use like hashtag InstaBear, hashtag InstaCub. Segway. Hashtag InstaGay. Segway to our conversation. Oh, well, before, before. No, I wanted to talk because right before we started recording the episode, we've been chowing down on this chocolate bar, a candy bar. That's made of chocolate and potato chips, and it's actually very delicious. We're not getting paid for this either, but if you want, and to one pay square us, says "lick" on it, as it should, and tingle. Really? Lick. Yeah, 
and smile. Oh, we're flipping those over. Those are inappropriate. <laughs> that's this just got an explicit yeah. rating. This podcast exactly. But, Sorry, uh, iTunes. but yeah, that potato chip uh, chocolate bar was really tasty. Yeah, if you want to simulate it yourself, just grab a bag of Lay's and grab a Hershey's bar and just put them both in your mouth at the same time. And it'll be cheaper. So this week, uh, because we're, we're going to talk about something that, that we are all experts in, we're going to talk about bears. Woof. Woof. Girl. 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 It's the episode of Beard or Fruit that nobody was asking for. Right, yeah, we're going to talk about bears. Um <laughs> Well, part of that is because uh, it's, you know, we are members of the bear community or we identify or are identified as bears. And Patrick has done some writing on the subject. Research, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, the uh, I actually got the state of Florida actually paid me to go research bears one time. Right. You got like a travel grant. I, and got, everything. A, I, got, a, I got a grant for, for research to do that. And so we thought we would just have a little table discussion about um, about bear culture and being a bear and like when did you when did you know you were a bear and all of those fun bear related things. I heard about it in a dream once, and then three Google searches later, this is me. Yeah. So so like okay, how how did you come to know about bears? Because the bear like bear is not necessarily like a main well at the time when we came out not necessarily a very mainstream idea. How did you discover? Bears. I have a very sad story, so I'll go last. Alta Vista. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know, yeah. The internet. <laughs> Before Google, Alta Vista. Or ask Jeeves, if you will. Ask, ask Jeeves. Uh, that's Jeeves, what's it called when you really like the hair around a guy's nipple? <laughs> that's a bear? It's a bear. Oh, thanks, Jeeves. Like, I remember the, the first... Um, the first like porn site that I found that was like, oh hello, was Bearload? Do you remember Bearload? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. Yeah, like Bearload. That's it was... a new one for me. No, Bearload was it was just um, it had uh, the lettering on Bearload was all the letters were made to look like ejaculation. Oh, it was gross. <laughs> we so, are not but, proud of that's, this. That's so classy. But yeah, it was like it was just pictures, and it was. It was, most of the time it was the same like 12 pictures just in the so you'd get six pictures per panel and you could make them larger and um i was like oh oh hello hello hot hairy guys and there was one picture in particular um it's a picture of jack radcliffe the mm. porn actor jack radcliffe and he was in a sauna that was orange and yellow and he's like kicked back leaning back and to be in sweaty and you know that's an old enough picture that that was taken on like kodachrome or something like that like some poor attendant in a little kiosk had to develop those photos i think i I think it was a daguerreotype i think (laughs) (laughs) that's not how daguerreotypes work but okay i was just i don't even know what these words mean i was just thinking disposable camera could you imagine that like yeah show off to the camera click like the little spinning wheel (laughs) like I'm sure that did. Patrick, when did you first find out about the bears? His internet. It was just Googling, or not whatever the Googling thing was. Was it just kind of like you, <laughs> you found things and you clicked on things and just like one thing led to another and you found out, oh, this is a niche thing. Well, that and then probably just um, dating, you know, the my first significant relationship uh, person. He was very, it looked like fit the part and then kind of, that's I think probably where most of my education came 
from with that because we were socialized by our peer groups as well aha uh-huh. yes um thank you for agreeing with me dr mcgrady i try i try but internet internet and then college and then just uh when i first started dating people that was in college mm-hmm. and that was sort of when i kind of noticed i gravitated towards a particular type of person so um cody knows this i remember intricate pointless details about everything um so this is how i learned about the bears um there used to be i think there, it still exists uh but there was this website called liquid generation it had a bunch of like flash animations and games and stuff like that um it was kind of like Newgrounds or albino black sheep one of those things but like a little bit on the raunchier side um anyway they had this quiz they had all these quizzes you could take to find things out about yourself and um one of them was how gay are you and i remember being like 12 maybe 13 and wanting to take this quiz because i was struggling with my sexuality and i wanted to know if this website knew whether or not i was gay and i remember one of the questions was something like um do you often google the term sexy leather daddy and i was like (laughs) no but let me try that and i did and i was just like a whole new world (laughs) and i was just like this explains so much so um that's how i found out about it a quiz yeah a quiz on the internet that was like essentially like a teen vogue like does your boyfriend like you or not it was one of those kinds of quizzes and then at the end it it turned out i'm a huge flaming homo so you didn't have like when you were younger bear type guys that you had make major things for uh like am like that I knew or or like just in your world I don't know but like I also kind of was very repressed in my youth with that it wasn't really until like my second year of college that I really was okay with very limited kind of identifying as gay um but I think there were probably like certain search terms on on the internet before that that I probably did but really it wasn't I think it was college that and I think my first kind of like when I created a dating profile online was on a, a bear themed <clears throat> type thing I'm not really quite sure what I was hoping for with that but uh, but that's sort of how I met my first you know long-term partner because I remember having a major crush when I was in eighth grade on my PE coach who was like quintessential bear coach cook he was a quintessential bear coach. He had like just the mustache and he had belly and he always wore like the athletic shorts. And um, I had I had like a major crush on him and I had all these like mm-hmm. terrible fantasies about what would happen. Like if I was going to I was going to not do my P.E. work or whatever that <laughs> meant, <laughs> whatever that meant. I will I not know. do my stretches. <laughs> I will. I refuse. Daggle. Do- I see that you're not doing your push ups. Yeah. Come come to my office, boy. Right. No, like seriously, that was. That was yeah, and he he's Quint he was he would be considered a total bear daddy mm-hmm. type, and I was very about it as an eighth grader. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I I, I I tend to think that those kinds of crushes do happen. Um, well, I was gonna say like it, it tends to happen with authority figures, but I think a lot of people have crushes on authority figures, so maybe that's not necessarily just a bear thing. But I mean, like, yeah, I had teachers where I was like, like, ooh, hi, or like, 
there are teachers that I would see that I would just like be glaring at across the room, just like, hi, you don't have me, but I want you. Yeah, like Butch Mouton, Mr. Mouton. He taught business. And he had like a His crazy, name was Butch? His name was Butch Mouton. Oh, that's so Southern and Louisiana. And he was, and he was, and he had, he had like a full beard, and he was the other teacher I had a major crush on. Yeah, no, and that, I mean, it was just college for me, like, it's, I think, but, but part of it was just I grew up in a very, very conservative area of the Did country. Did you have any, like, professors or janitorial custodian workers? Yeah, or? No, there was a custodian in middle school that I, like, completely desired. Not... I wanted to help him clean up after school. No one in college. It was really just friends in college. Mm. Um, like straight friends? Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird, yeah, because I had, like, this, this year of, like, just, like, not... Like, just not acknowledging anything. I was still dating someone, like, a, a, a woman. Um... So I was, just, I was very, very, very repressed about it until, like, second year of college. And then even then, it was still very limited. And then I met someone. Well, and then... And we're happy you did. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Sorry. We're happy oh. you did because if you hadn't figured out who you are, we would have never met you. You would have met me. Because cause... we met Patrick on one of those... Well, actually, you were following Cody on Instagram. Yeah, because he's a hashtag queen. Because he's a... <laughs> That, that cannot be edited hashtag out. yes hashtag queen hashtag insta queen hashtag, hashtag 2400 followers hashtag <laughs> that's like five times the amount of followers i have so it's five times the amount of followers you will ever have they're actually no. six times more probably. but no so like like you were following cody and then like i kind of existed within that and then eventually i moved to connecticut like a couple weeks before cody came up and on the site that will be redacted we met and we were like chatting and it was like oh my god hey how's it going and i recall really long nerdy chats about like feminist theory yeah and, <laughs> yeah. and like you're like i'm a sociology professor i'm like oh my god yes <laughs> i was gonna be a social minor in undergrad but they didn't let me then it turns out they would have let me i've taken three classes let's talk social i can keep up with your uh discourse <laughs> i can't yeah you can <laughs> Bell hooks. Okay, so you win. So, were you always attracted to bear type guy? Oh, yeah. Should we start with like explaining what that is in case someone doesn't know what we're talking about? Do you have a sound bite for that? No, I don't. Oh, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. Can you give us the official uh, dissertation? The history. It's just like the the, history. Yeah, the bear story. Where it came from, all that. Um, So, 1970s. uh, Sort of like it was a very obscure term. Uh, primarily existing on the West Coast, primarily Bay 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 Area, the Bay Area, the Bay Area, um, and um, it was these this kind of cluster of, of guys who were at the time kind of like fed up with what was called the Castro clone look, which is very kind of tight, form fitting clothing and kind of uh, not like bulky musculature, but like just you know like you look like you can went to the gym four or five times a week and did lots of cardio. Um, so, and these guys would, uh, replace the hanky code of the time, which was, a this, like, this kind of complex code of signifying interest in certain sexual practices, and they would replace that with a little teddy bear they would put in their pockets to kind of signify an interest in cuddling and, uh, being a, a quote, authentic masculine gay man, uh, whatever that means. Um, and then, um, 
you fast forward a couple of years, uh, the other kind of big driver was the HIV AIDS uh, pandemic. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, once once people started getting on medication to, to fight the virus, um, that early medication had a devastating impact on your body weight. Uh, and the, the, the virus itself had a devastating uh, impact on your body weight. So people who were kind of looked like this really skinny kind of ideal body type were also assumed to be infected with HIV AIDS. And so a lot of guys kind of bulked up and emerged later on with lots of padding uh, so to speak. And then kind of the other part is that there already were these uh, networks of uh, girth and mirth chapters and cities of chubby men and their chasers. Um, so it kind of represents like this, uh, at the time, this alternative subculture of people expressing interest in a not stereotypically ideal body type. You know, the, um, you know, these are people who were kind of into the bigger guys, you know, the you know, people like John Goodman or the old retired, the retired football player, or, um, you know, just things that we don't think as quote, stereotypically gay male bodies. And that became its own culture. By the eighties, you had bear pride things. It was across the country. And now it's to the point where it's a global thing. Almost every weekend you can find some sort of bear pride phenomenon. You have bear bars, bear publications, Bear dating sites, bear mobile apps, everything. Bear. Bear underwears. Bear underwear. Bear movies. Bear. Oh. <laughs> unfortunate bear movies. Bear movies. Um, bear boy bands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we forgot that happened, didn't we? It's, uh, Ed, uh, lots of, lots of gay men with, uh, bear tchotchkes mm-hmm. on there. Bear paw tattoos. Bear, bear paw tattoos. tattoos. Um, so... Yeah, so it sort of just became like this this thing. Well, at least kind of early on, it was just like a person who kind of viewed themselves as more authentically masculine, but also not having like the same interests as stereotypically gay men would have had at the time. Uh, and also not a complete focus on, you know, narrow body norms. Now we can probably talk about how that's kind of come full circle if we want to but <laughs> well it's it's interesting to me because um and you you've you've told me before about that whole connection with HIV and how healthy men were considered chubby um so to speak um and it's just interesting to me because I'm like oh there's the root of the problematic nature of bears um but I mean obviously like it, it feels like it just kind of started as a problematic thing as the the connection to masculinity the the striving for that masculine ideal and like I know that uh, myself growing up um, even into college um, I was very I, I think I I clung so deeply to bear culture and the idea of being a bear because it was masculine and because I could be like no nah, I'm just a regular guy I just like happen happen to enjoy other guys and it it allowed me to retain some sense of heteronormativity within my queerness. Um, and it, it wasn't until like within the last couple of years moving out here and being kind of disassociated with my childhood uh, home that I've really been able to feel like I can express my gender and express my identity in a way that's much more authentic and much more comfortable. Um, I don't feel like I have to be masculine all the time. Whereas growing up and immersing myself within that culture made me feel super like I had to in order to be valid. Well, it's it's. I think I think your story kind of speaks to some of the. I guess, 
there is some some problematic things there, like the clinging to masculinity. But I think there's also some protective things there. Um, so when I was kind of doing the study, I was interviewing some guys who were living in the Deep South who, you know, you think Deep South is not the, the greatest place to be a gay man, especially a single gay man trying to find other folks. And so they kind of talked about how the, the bear culture to them, apart from this whole masculinity thing, but was that all these sort of symbols that emerge to show a, a, you know membership that are not so known in mainstream culture, whereas the rainbow flag, people, you know, just they automatically know. But uh, this one guy talked about how he put like a bear flag sticker on his car uh, and they, it was because like he wanted to find friends, but he didn't necessarily want to put like a rainbow flag sticker because um, he didn't want to open himself up to violence. Mm-hmm. So I think on one hand, there's some there's some there's some protective kind of thing. So it's, it's a way of sort of like secretly claiming membership of a group without having to completely out yourself. It's a coded language. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I think I think that's, that's still that probably is still wrapped up with the masculinity thing because a lot of the reasons why a lot of folks are not so comfortable coming out is because of these norms of masculinity. So being able to find a culture that allows you to to claim that privilege while still basically having your cake and eating it too. Um, to having clean. your cub and eating it too. There you go. Um, I knew you were going to say that. Um, I fully support that. <coughs> but yeah, so I think it's like, so it's, 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 it's an interesting kind of phenomenon um i think early on it definitely had a um heart in the right place kind of attitude especially the focus on body norms but it's just it's become a little full circle it's kind of hard to say we are a group of people that have more relaxed body norms but in doing so we have published our own sets of body norms so it's Mm -hmm. it's become a interesting kind of i hate to i hate it's really weird to talk about the bear culture because we do kind of identify with it in some way but there are certain parts of it that i find not so great um but at the same time i don't want to like sit here and say all bears are like this or but there's hashtag not all bears not all bear oh god <laughs> i've become that i've become that person that's not what that's not what i'm trying to do here but... no but it, <laughs> i i think that's i i feel like that's a that that's certainly something I really relate to that this kind of um, not so I don't want to say love hate uh, relationship with, with the identity of being a bear but but yeah I, I find I find it's both it's, it's good and there are many things I like about it and I, that I connect to and I certainly do consider it part of the mix of things that make up who I am but then but I also find it really problematic and sometimes really troubling and I just want to kind of like shake the community and say what the what the effort we you doing yeah it's I mean and for me it's um there's there's parts of me that wish like I, I would have not have researched it because I think it sort of ruined it for me a little bit you know um and I had a friend we talked about this because she was considering doing research on a, on a on a culture that she had some identity with and um I was like, well, here's the the good thing is, is that you have insider knowledge. The bad thing is, is it might you know you might find some things that don't sit so well with you, and that kind of calls into question your own identity. And there was for me, there was a lot of like sitting and just writing and reflecting on, you know, how am I part of this, and should I even be a part of this, and 
you know, trying to find some sort of happy medium there, if that makes any sense. But a lot of just wanted to shake, like you said, shake the community and say, like, stop being so sexist, stop being so yeah. narrow in your views of masculinity. And well, like part of the problems about the, the so many of the problems about the the bear community are not necessarily connected to being considered a bear. It's all the other. It's about other intersectional problems. It's like if the community mm-hmm. doesn't correctly address other things, and that's mm-hmm. the kind of yeah, like uh, <clears throat> like the one of the current um, discourse discourses psh, conversations. Um, one of the current conversations in regards to the bears is um, racial preference mm-hmm. and how that fits in. Um, because and and going back to what you were talking about with body norms, um, there's something interesting where. Like yes, we're open to, um, we're open to a body type that is not socialized into us as being the ideal male beauty, and we we find a in a subversive sense we find another type of ideal male beauty, but the problem is is that that's still exclusive. Um, it it tends to be a very specific white male body that gets um, ideated. You don't see Asian bears dominating any sort of visual representation, whether that's pornography or like other media, you don't see, um, you don't see that happening. You don't see other races being represented. It's almost entirely white um, with like varying shades of olive occasionally. Um, so, yeah. Well, I think it's, um, you're, you're talking about the people who put like on their dating profiles or their social profiles, like no blacks, no femmes, no whatever. Well, I think it's deeper than just that. It's, yeah. it's more than just an overt, like, I think that's it, it, within all subcultures, queer or not, they're still Eurocentric ideals of oh, beauty. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, at least when I was kind of doing this research, I kind of noticed this kind of, I mean, most of my sample was white men, white middle-class guys. Um, but it was interesting to kind of compare like their narratives versus the, 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 the people, other folks who, you know, the, the Latino and, and uh, African-American folks that I had interviewed. And there seems to be sort of like this, like there's those norms exist, those relaxed body norms exist, but it kind of seems that people who are not white have a lot more interactional and body work to do. Whereas like the white bear kind of gets um, a little more leeway on the size of their gut and other, mm. other things. If that, if that makes sense. And it seems to be just, there's this idea that it's a larger spectrum for white men mm-hmm. that they can inhabit. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have a greater space within that ideal. Mm-hmm. So, how do you guys, how do you guys, how do you guys connect to the identity of being a bear, personally? Like, how does that identity work itself out in you? Well, I, uh, for me, I think it's just, it's, it's, um, what I tend to look like-ish. I don't think I have all of the, the, the pre, the prereqs for it, but... I think it also just for me it was um, just a sort of um, it's a it's a it's a quick um, quick label for for what I tend to look for when I'm dating. You know, I mean, my dating history has been people who are probably they look like they look the part bearish, um, bearesque, bearesque. Yeah, um, <clears throat> the masculinity stuff. I mean, I say I'm probably guilty of at times having like the whole masculinity thing, but. Um, you know what I found is that that's all just a uh, 
it's a bit of a facade because I mean uh, some of the people that I know who have like the most embodiment of these gay stereotypes that we tend to associate as not masculine tend to be bears you know so it's also yeah. like this um, so for me I think it's just a quick like um, what I people I tend to date I guess yeah and, and for me I I tend to feel um like it it, it 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 is that it is that quick but also it kind of serves the same function as identifying as gay as opposed to identifying as queer true um it just kind of is able to ex- explain it in a quicker way to people who don't necessarily who aren't necessarily a part of that conversation as to um what queer means and what it means in this in, in a contemporary context so like I'll, I'll just be like yeah i'm gay whatever um so it's like yeah i'm a bear like or i'm interested in bears or whatever it's just it's just quick and simple and it doesn't require me to be like actually i'm i'm open to blah 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 blah, blah, blah. like i don't know and and it's it's hard to convey it's hard to convey like the actual um attempt at being more inclusive that um i do try um, especially since, like, yes, like I, I also, I also fall into those, um, the, the trap of masculinity. There you go. Um, I, I fall into that, and I definitely fall into the trap of Eurocentric um, ideals of beauty for sure. Um, so, so it's hard to navigate those. Like, be like, well, I'm a bear, but I also I, I try not to be too problematic about it. Like, it, it's hard to do that, but it's also just it's quicker and easier to just be like, bear. I think I think there's also for some folks and I, I myself included here is that there is some body affirmation. Mm. Um, albeit it's I'm I'm a white chubby guy, so um, this is coming from a very white male perspective. Um, but I think in, in in a lot of the guys that I talked to, like for them, it was um, there's a bit of a boost to self esteem that there's people out there who who don't have the six pack who don't have the bulging biceps or the or like the v shape that people go for with that with the torso um it's a v right yeah v yeah. <laughs> it's an M. i've never been a v <laughs> i don't know i've always been fat um certainly around uh, the o or a g shape yeah i'm a zero where it's just like it gets really skinny at yeah. top and then goes out i'm more of a b I'm, I'm an O with an umlaut. With an umlaut. <laughs> but like, I think I think it's like there's some there's some affirmation there for people who, um, who don't look the part of the what's considered. Because even though there are some some problems with with a bear culture and this very white male kind of Eurocentric thing to it, there is still that aspect of valuing larger bodies that I imagine a kid in rural Nebraska. I'm from a city. I'll have you know. <laughs> rural Southern West Virginia. There you go. Rural Louisiana. Make, make this into an I statement. There Patrick. we go. That, that can find some sort of like, Oh, it's okay that I don't look, mm-hmm. you know, super toned and super muscular. No, that's super fair. That's how I felt like finding this so i think that's really why it's tricky to talk about the bear culture because it's not a yes or no is it a problem it's not a yes or no answer it's a yes and caveats or no and caveats it's 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 all gray area to me and let's be fair because you're making fun of the hashtags and instagram earlier but there is I, i still find value in 
the affirmation of guys considering me to be an attractive person. Let's pull up in my Instagram. Like, Look at all no, these selfies you know, like, here. No, but for real though, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think that's just in, in kind of that formative time. I think it's still for me what what is what is appealing about about bareness, if that is even a way we can talk about it, is that it 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 affords me some it affords me positivity about my body that I don't necessarily get in other places. And it, it, it's, that's actually very nice because I don't, hey, there's me and me. They're looking at my Instagram. Right at now. a bearded fruit. Yeah. Right. Hundred, I, I've never had a fixture have triple digit likes. That's never Hashtags, Hashtags, brah. He doesn't use them as much anymore, if at all. No, established. You got on the hashtag movement a lot earlier. I did. I'm an early adopter. You're an early adopter. Okay. okay. I'm a like that. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, and and I, I agree with you guys too that I don't. It, it just feels like a quick shorthand for what I am attracted to and what I. But I don't necessarily identify. I don't identify with being part of the community, capital C, um, the way that some people do. Like yeah. I feel there are people who really that be, their bare identity is is a complex. It's not just who they are, but a complex social network of people and. I think the function of a of a of a community itself has declined over time. Um, you know, I think for folks who live in less progressive areas like the Deep South or whatnot, that that community has a major social function. Like it's a very quick, like um, easy kind of connection to a gay community that does not quickly paint a target on your back for violence. Um, but you know, like if I think about the people I interviewed out in San Francisco who were like, had basically I could take it or leave it kind of attitude towards it because San Francisco super progressive area, and I think Connecticut's kind of in the same boat. We don't. I think there are some groups around the area who do it, but what I've kind of observed, at least in more kind of progressive areas, people tend to when they form friendships and, and networks within the gay community it's not necessarily focused on the body type or the masculinity that's that comes from the bear community it's just actually other interests like choruses and bowling and other other things if that makes any mm -hmm. sense yeah it's it's there's an interest that's found and then the shared trait is the queerness yeah not necessarily the the body type or so I'd be curious to talk a little bit about what sort of seems like the, the commercialization of the bear community. The bear market. You know, because we talked, we talked a little earlier about, about all the different bear things, like bear hats and bear flags and bear movies and things. Um, but you also have huge bear events and bear runs. And um, so let's talk about that. So it's gone from, from, a, from a community that was mostly about finding connection with body image and masculinity. And now it's... Now you can be trespassed from a bear event. <laughs> you know, like, okay, so, so let's talk. Let's bear talk branding. Bear branding. Let's talk about that. The commodification of bears. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. You give a couple bears some money and they're going to produce some bad art and then people are going to eat it up. I don't know. Like, there, that's the best. I mean. There's, there's some Good stuff. There's some good art. No, out there. no. I mean, for sure. For but sure. But there's also some. There's a lot of bad art. <laughs> there's a lot of bad art out there. But I mean, like that goes for any subculture. Yeah. Like you can, you can. There's really good furry fan art there, and there's really bad furry fan art. Like it, it just it is a thing that comes. Um. 
I think it's a. You know, I um, last year when I was making work about that was more explicitly talking about bears, but I wasn't using that language, but it was. Um, I had a professor tell me like, well, you got to think about who your audience is because like everybody knows what a bear is these days. And I'm like, that's not really true, girl, but okay. <laughs> um, but it was interesting that like she was able to just pull that out of her hat. Um, that she did know that she was in on that kind of language. She was in on it, and she is a married straight woman. Um, so it, it, it was kind of interesting, and I feel like this kind of commercialization, this like, oh, God. We were at uh, Omaha Pride a couple years ago when I was still working with inclusive communities, and Nikki comes up to me, and she goes, Neil, did you know there's a bear group in Omaha? And I was just, like, embarrassed, and I just left. <laughs> I was like, bye. No, I know those people. Nothing against them. Like, I, I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm just saying, like, I was not about that. Homie was not about to play that game. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> it's interesting, the whole mark. Because I think, cause I think it's, it's, so, it's been such a rapid change. I think, really, even, like, when I was growing up, it was a very obscure term. Um, and, I mean, it didn't really come out of obscurity until the mid-'90s. Uh, and even then, it was still pretty. as the internet. The internet, like, is what kind of gave the, uh, the the rise, I guess, to it. Um, I think it also kind of shortened people's kind of those those years of, you know, like, um, you know how like when you first come out of the closet and like you have like this, you know, these this this period of time where you're kind of just meandering through a culture that you don't really get. Um, until you find a place i think it's kind of shortened that meandering time for some folks because they can google it or take or take a quiz as someone at this table did buzzfeed everybody at this table yeah true. don't don't true. don't play yeah, we that all took it. but i think the commodification of it's really interesting it's just um like with any subculture you're gonna find any kind of money market to it i think the, the thing just said i think bears are early adopters mm. there but you just basically I mean, travel sites, dating sites, music, arts. Um, I'm sure a whole range of other things that. Well, it's like it's ones. like any. Sorry, it's like any company will throw a rainbow flag in, uh, on their website in the month of June. Um, it's just like that, um, only more niche. Mm-hmm. I know that we roll our eyes at some of the bear related stuff and you were just talking about like the art is bad and and yeah sometimes i'll watch something and just go oh god why why um but uh, but on the other hand it's also it's very understandable for a community of people to want to see themselves reflected in in films or plays or media and that's a positive thing i understand why people would want that you want to see yourself in things and i think Especially with with okay, if we talk about gay, gay storytelling, gay characters on television and gay characters in film, they've mostly been thin, white hot dudes. white dudes, mm-hmm. and so queer as folk. I understand why I understand why there's a great desire to have a film like Bear City exist. It carves, so that it carves a space out. Yeah, you get to be you're seen somehow, and that's even though like I watch it, I don't feel I still haven't seen like the where's the nerdy bear movie. Where no, where you're not going to a bear event, but you're sitting at home making a podcast. Where's that that movie coming in 2019? A new movie written by Cody DeGlorians, Nerd Bear. Nerd Bear. 
So not write that musical. Yeah, but you know, like, but I so I understand I understand the benefit of it, even mm-hmm. though I do wish it would probably probably be better. But I, I I wonder if that's also the same thing, you know, when they when when they were, f- I wonder if the African American community felt the same way when they were first having like black black writers quote unquote black movies and they were kind of pandery and not really great or even the early gay movies which were very pandery and not particularly great you're just happy to be seen mm-hmm. I think so everybody close your eyes I don't want you to see me what does that mean I don't even <laughs> no. I mean I, I mean I can remember like when I was when when I remember like in, in in graduate school, um, I, I mean, I, when I found a website that had like t-shirts, like I, I went a little crazy. I bought like three t-shirts and I was like, this is so awesome. Like, you know, but, and it's like, so like subversive because I'm wearing this gay shirt, but no one knows it's, it was like this Apple icon had like a paw print in it or something. I think I still have it somewhere. I, I totally own a trophy cup shirt. Yeah. And... So it's, 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 I think it's a very kind of quick, like. You know, I, I imagine that when someone finds a jersey from a particular sports team that they enjoy cheering. I love that. Bears are sports people. Yeah. Um, the Bears. The Bears. Um, so I think it's I think it's that people get get so wrapped up in it. And I think, but I think kind of your all's experience also kind of speaks to like the the salience that the identity has to some people. Like, I met some folks when I was doing this research who like that was. That was like their number one thing of who they are, like mm-hmm. ab- above like their relationships, above what they did for work, what they were in school for. Like the number one thing that they were was bare. Like that mm-hmm. was, and then I met people who like it was like ranked like seventh or eighth or very low. And I think that's what makes it so tricky is that you have people mm-hmm. who might look like the quintessential bear, but are like. Yeah, I don't really care. Kind they of. just happen to. Yeah, they might have a few tchotchkes or some shirts or whatnot, but um, they're not like necessarily like, jumping a plane every other weekend to go to a an event, which is also fine, mm-hmm. you know. God, to have that kind of money. Yeah, I say if I had the money or someone to watch my dog. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of like how people use the the term queer to identify with a politics mm-hmm. or like with a with a specific moment in time and. Um, even like the word lesbian is really connected to a politics, to a way of life, to yeah. a, to to a group, a community, as opposed to just saying like, oh, I'm a gay woman. Like, there's a difference, and and like that's a very specific difference that's purposeful. So people who identify as lesbian versus people who identify as like gay or queer, female, like that that's a very specific coded. I'm doing this for a reason. This is purposeful. I am a bear. This is a reason. There's a purpose. And I think for some people, like it connects to that masculinity thing. Like you can you can out yourself without having to use the word gay. And I think for some people, that feels very comfortable. Yeah, it's empowering. Yeah, you don't have to. You, you can kind of distance yourself from that label. Mom, no, I'm not gay. I'm just a bear. <laughs> just don't Google it. Just don't Google it. Or, or, no, alta, don't Google or alta it. Oh my God! I can bearlo.com. I can tell my mom bear story. Okay, so this one time I was in Omaha. Uh, this is before I moved to Connecticut. Um, sh- <laughs> so my mom went to Phoenix for um, like a friend's birthday party or something like that. It's one of those like middle-aged white people thing that you do. You you fly to Phoenix for a birthday, um, and. <sighs> So, like, their final dinner they they had, um, I guess the husband of the friend would, like, 
not went missing, but like just kind of went off on his own while um, these uh, middle-aged white women were kind of doing their thing. And so when he comes back, he's like, I just met the most interesting group of men. And there are these like portly men and they're having a dinner. And when I asked them what they were doing, they said that they were celebrating the amount of money they gave to charity as a result of their bear run. Um, but it was funny because the way that she actually said it, um, I've always heard bear run, emphasis on the word bear, but she emphasized run and then went on to say like, we had no idea what that meant. And, and so we just imagined these men just like doing like a 5k naked and that would be like, so not fun. And I'm just like, no more color in my face. And I'm about to out my mother to bear culture and explain in the high V on 90th and Dodge, like actually mother, um, you have no idea what you're talking about. And then she got mad at me. So I had to explain like, so bears are, and it was, it was awful. Like we were in the Campbell's soup aisle and I'm just like explaining what bears are. And she said the most terrible, terrible thing to me where she, she, I was like, um, yeah, so bears are like, they, they tend to be like maybe a little bit fatter or maybe like a little bit bigger and not the typical male, um, beauty. And they come together as a community and she goes, oh, because they're seen as undesirable. And I'm like literally explaining my body type and like describing myself to her. And I'm just like, no, but okay. Was your mom throwing shade? Oh uh, yeah, no. My she was throwing shade without even realizing it. She was she was opening the umbrella to protect herself from the rain, but instead <laughs> threw shade. So that is my mother bear story. I mean to be fair though, they may not have been running a five K, but they were probably naked. At the bear. Run. I, just, I, mean, I keep I keep picturing like a bunch of guys running a 5K, but they're being chased by a guy in a bear suit. That's what I keep picturing for charity. For charity, that would be amazing. That can that be our bear let's, event? Let's let's start it. We could. Are they all wearing like jock straps and singlets yeah. and stuff yeah. like that? Although I don't want to run for five. Maybe like five feet. Can we run like a five feet instead? That's true. 5K is a long. That's a long. That's a long run, girl. We, we can waddle. <laughs> right. We can. Can we, take a, can we take a segue for that five miles? Because I'll do it. That would oh, okay. I'd be just, into that. Just <laughs> the bear segue. Bears, bear way. The bear way. Yeah. Five k bear way. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 an interesting interesting culture to say that. I mean, just um, some wonderful parts of it and some not so wonderful parts of it. And I mean, my biggest issue has always been like the misogyny and the. I mean, it's. I don't. I mean, it's. I can remember back when I was in Tallahassee, um, they were starting, uh, they were trying to start a bear group, and my one of my closest friends, she and I went to to Pride one year, and they had the the this bear group that was trying to start had the little booth up, and like she wanted to sign up, and like like I want to help, I want to do, and they wouldn't let her sign up because it's like this is a men's group, you know, and that to me is is troubling, um, because um, I get it, people you know like to have that male bonding thing to it but i just don't think it's that necessary especially when you have people regardless of their gender or gender expression they should not be excluded um now at the same time like i don't think that meant like she was gonna be going to like any like orgies or whatnot or, or quote-unquote play parties if you will but like oh know, i will um but like I just, I just found that very kind of just sad. And, I've, and I have seen throughout, like, when I was talking to these people, like, you know, some kind of undertones of misogyny and um, that, 
which I think just kind of is part of the trappings of masculinity. You always are seeking to define yourself by what you're not. I'm not feminine. I'm not a woman. I'm not X, Y, and Z. And unfortunately, it's all these things that we attribute to women and more mm-hmm. feminine gays. Well, something that I've been feeling is true for the, uh, the LGBT community as a whole, that we're, now that we have reached this particular place in terms of uh, public acceptance, but then also like legal recognition of our relationships and, and those things, that the the next complicated mission for us is to deal with all the other all the other intersectional problems that we face that we now have to be thinking about how as a community how do we relate appropriately to race and social status and and gender and all of those other concerns that until unless we really unless we really start thinking about how those stories are our stories too and how we connect positively to those stories we're not really doing what we should be doing with the the privilege and the the space that we have earned i don't know if this is related but it reminds me of a um conversation i saw on facebook once where um uh, a guy who is part of the leather community which i guess is like related like like the leather community and the bear community are cousins um kissing cousins (laughs) (laughs) um west virginia anyway um so uh he was talking about um and he was basically doing this like big call out post, which I read because it was fascinating. But he was talking specifically about um, people putting other people down for not owning enough leather, um, and it was like this really great like like um, you don't have to have all leather in order to be part of the leather community. It's okay, like because leather is expensive, and like it was actually like wow, this is actually kind of refreshing to see this because I didn't. I, I'm not a part of that community, so I don't even know if that's a... Because you don't own any leather? Is that why? No, uh. That's not true. But um, but no, I'm not like a part of that community. And it's so interesting to see like that that would be a problem that needs to be talked about is like there is an accessibility issue when it comes to that. So how do you how do you engage in a culture that you can't access because of a class difference? And it's so it was kind of refreshing to see this person kind of almost take like an ally position to people who can't afford leather and be like, no, they're welcome here. Like, it's okay. Um, if they can't afford the right gear, the right stuff, it's fine because they share an interest with us and they are one of us and they need to be treated like such. So um, it's interesting to see that in regards to class. And it'd be great to see more stuff like that in regards to like race and ethnicity. Um, I don't think class necessarily fits. Well, no, it totally does because if you can't go to a bear run, blah, blah, blah. But like... It, it would be nice to see people really kind of reach out into those more intersectional conversations. I think that's good. That's like the next important thing for us to do. The next move forward for us it would be the next. It's the next positive step for the community. An injustice to anyone is an injustice to all of us. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the the biggest place I see it are the folks on these on these bear sites who are like. Who kind of make the claims like, you know, I'm not interested in, in black people or, or transgender people or or whatnot. And, I mean, I think kind of two points to that. One is that these sites are not just for hooking up. These are these service social. Um, uh, maybe I'm just being very naive. And that's what I use it for is social. But, like, <laughs> but, like um, but at the same time, too, um, the second part... Um, is oh and I totally lost the second part. Dang it. Well I'll back you up on that, but the the sites being 
not just for hookups, but also but social as well. Because in like in my profile on Growler and Scruff, I, I put. Um, yeah. I have like all all fats, all fems. Um, you can be b- b- black or Asian. You're Should all beautiful. Pull it up? You're all like, well, no, but th- th- that's part yeah. of my profile. And I, I, on a weekly basis, I get several people who will just say, hey, it's really cool that you put that. Um, that it's it's something, and they're like, I don't, you don't really see that a lot. And it's really, it's really great to see that attitude in this circle, in this space. Well, I think I think in the, the second part I had is that we also don't really know what we like too, um, you know. Um, so Aziz Ansari in his Modern Romance book, which if you haven't read it, you should totally read it. I think you have my copy. We do. It's in my uh, car still. Uh, I'm talking to the people out there listening to us. Uh, um, but like you know, he reviews this research about how things like Tinder and whatnot, where you don't we don't place like parameters on what you're looking for. People who, you know, someone you might swipe right on or, or, or say you express interest in could be someone who actually um, doesn't fit those things that you would have previously excluded them for. So I think it's also very self-limiting when people are putting like these things if they are looking for dating or, or what have you. Because um, we often just we think we know what we like, but we don't always mm-hmm. do well, in saying like no Asians, no blacks, it's just a preference. You're literally saying like half the population of the world, nah. Yeah. And it's like, girl, it's already hard enough to find someone. Like, <laughs> you're really gonna do that? Yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's it it just puts out a very bad presentation of who you are. That you're willing to put that in a public space. Like, I don't, I have no interest in these people because of the color of their skin, but. Does that mean you don't want to talk to them either? You don't want to associate with these folks? Or is it just strictly sexual? Because when you read the tone of that, like, it's it reads as why you might be thinking it reads as sexual. It's probably, like, just general preference. And that's very unfortunate um, that that exists. And that's not, that's not to limit to the bear community. That's a gay community thing in general. White gays are some of the most racist people that you can meet on this planet. And I'm not apologizing for it. And I don't think we're contradicting you, Wyatt. No. I'm not. To people out there in the <laughs> Noting world. that we are white gays yeah, ourselves. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's just um, very, like, you know, I'm part of a, of a gay organization up here. And like, we were talking about how to recruit, you know, people who are very uh, race and ethnic backgrounds. And I got some looks when I said, we got to stop being so subtly and overtly racist uh, even if it is conceived as joking and whatnot it still presents a message and that white gays are some of the most racist people in the world and it was just like i didn't get to talk anymore in that conversation which is fine you know i'm so sorry dr mcgrady (sighs) thank you for validating my white male perspective (laughs) (laughs) well if i don't who will (laughs) i know it's so hard it's so hard being white that's a a joke joke. (laughs) well thank you patrick thank you thank you dr patrick doctor thank you for joining us for a second time well thank you on a completely separate date from our original recording i I hope i can come back more i agree we're gonna it was a lot of fun (laughs) do you want to stick around and and record a third episode this is i mean you mean next week i mean do you want to come back next week week? (laughs) i mean let's get dinner (laughs) 
Okay. So as always, we thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have not subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, you can head over there and subscribe. Also leave us a review if you like what you're hearing. And after the this episode, of course you like what you're hearing. You can also leave us some stars, which helps us out a lot. You can find us on Facebook at Bearded Fruit or find us on the web at www.beardedfruit.com. As always, thank you for listening. Yeah. And go read my research. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Do you want to plug your journal? Should I do that? Is that something we should do? Do it. Oh, um, I have an article coming out about stigma and the body uh, amongst the bear culture in the Journal of Homosexuality. It is now up online. I don't know what issue it will be in, but you can definitely access it there. Um, and if you and we'll post it on the website. Yes. Uh, and it's um, it's about bears and stuff. I always like when, like, like they're called scientific journals. I always, like, imagine some scientist in his lab, like, just like, dear diary. It is. That's how it is. Today, I researched quantum physics. Like That's how this started with that exact phrase, but then, um, then, you know, I wanted to make it more fun. The more you know. So go read Patrick's research. Or just read the abstract. Or just read the abstract. It's just really. Ain't, ain't nobody got time to read 20 pages on that. And then follow us all on Instagram. All of us. All the <laughs> hashtags. All the ats. And we'll see you next week. Bye, Z's. Right.